Let's pray. God, your love is everywhere. It is the air that we breathe. It is the firm place under our feet. We ask, God, that you would make us aware of that today. God, open our hearts, open our minds, open our best laid plans. Unless you speak to us today, nothing of value will be said, so please give me your words to speak and keep me completely out of your way. In Jesus' name, amen. When I was five, my family took a cross-country road trip, and in true 1980s fashion, my four-year-old brother sat on my dad's lap while he drove most of the way, pointing out every single tractor from Washington State to New York City. Uh, and then we also had, my dad had built this platform over top of our suitcases in the back so that any time we could just crawl over the seats while we were driving and sleep in the back because that's how we rolled in the 1980s. My daughters are amazed that we survived without cell phones and all of that fun stuff. But the trip was special for a lot of reasons. In particular, it was the last family trip we had before my brother went to college. And so it was our last trip as a nuclear family, just us, all seven of us. But the most poignant memory I have of that trip was a terrifying one. We were at a museum in Williamsburg, Virginia. And you know how museums often have a, a movie of some kind that you can get a ticket to and go in and watch? Sometimes it's on a big screen, IMAX. I don't think they had IMAX in the 80s, but it was something similar. We all went in for a movie. And I was sitting on someone's lap because there was limited seating and I was just little and my older siblings were teenagers. And someone asked the question, where's Dean? My younger brother who was four at the time, the one who sat on my dad's lap all the way across the country, we weren't sure where he was. I was on his lap, my, on my, I think it was my sister's lap. And my vision is darkness but illuminated by the screen. And I looked down the row and person after person just put their hands up. I don't have him, I don't have him, I don't have him. My older brother and my dad sprung up and out of that theater faster than I'd ever seen them move. They found my four-year-old brother out in the main portion of the museum talking to a nice school teacher who recognized what a lost child looked like. <laughs> she said that all he could tell her that his, was that his father's name was Larry. And my dad said, well, I'm Larry, and we were reunited. But those few moments of not knowing where my brother was, my nearly Irish twin, were so scary. And I cannot imagine what families who experience this for any length of time go through. The fact is that if one family member is missing or lost or hurting for any reason, the family is not okay. Our scriptures this morning speak to gathering the lost ones, to gathering the hurting ones, and making the family unit complete, of righting the wrong of incomplete community. The Old Testament speaks to a people in early exile. Every person that originally heard these words knew someone personally who had been fl flung far and wide from the, from the community because of the perils of war. Their cousins, maybe their child, someone that they knew so closely was gone, hurt, maybe even dead. It speaks to the gathering of the scattered sheep 
and the prophetic promise and hope that the community will not be complete until all are together. The epistle has a beautiful, clear language around what it means to belong in Christian community. It explicitly calls out division as null and void. These things do not matter. Cultural and religious divisions are a farce. The law is abolished. Anything that relies on law rather than a relationship doesn't belong. Anything that can be used to try and divide people is nothing but a smokescreen of evil, keeping us from the community that we were meant for. Race, sexuality, social status, gender, nationality, income, political persuasion, sports affiliations, all of these things, none of them can keep us from belonging to each other. And if we let them divide us, then we are allowing our flock to be disbanded. It doesn't mean that our differences don't matter or that they're not difficult to overcome, only that the diversity that we share does not preclude our unity. In fact, our diversity makes us a stronger Christian community. After all, we are the body of Christ, right? We can't all do the same things. But most of us in our lives are accustomed to being around people that are like us. We spend our our time with people who have shared experiences, shared values, shared circumstances. But it is when we encounter people different from us and our circumstances are new that we truly grow. I think this is part of what God is inviting us into, drawing all the sheep together. Not just for, for a, a sense of community that is unbreakable, but a sense of community that is constantly growing and changing, evolving, reforming as good Lutherans together. The most intense growth I've experienced in my life is when I've stepped outside of my normal comfort zone, when I've gotten to know people that are very different from me. When we do this, we see that we have more in common than we could have ever imagined, that we belong to each other. It's not easy always or natural to sit with differences that we do not understand, but giving ourselves grace for that is a beautiful thing. Being able to draw together. As we get stronger at the skills of welcome, belonging, listening, reconciliation, not taking ourselves too seriously, trying new things, we'll be able to see this belonging that we have, and will become that kind of community that is together and yet constantly growing, fixed and safe and yet on the move, reforming, vibrant, diverse. The binding agent for all of humanity is the love and resurrection power of God. Unity and diversity, death becoming life, suffering, breaking into hope, incredible community that nothing can separate us from. As Paul wrote, we go from being strangers and aliens to citizens and saints, members of God's household. And it's absolutely gorgeous, this community that we share. It's a beautiful body of Christ. And this particular body of Christ, Grace Lutheran Church, is a wonderful one. I'm so proud and blessed to be a part of it. But... Our community is not complete. 
If we believe the scriptures and we follow the shepherd, we know that there are lost ones. There are sheep out there, beloved children of God, who are wandering alone. There are people who've been turned out of their communities, people who've been rejected by their families. There are people who feel abandoned by God, God's self. They need us. They need this place. And we need them. If they don't come to us, we might become stagnant. We might never change. But as we welcome them, we will grow. We will see new things. We will be beckoned into new ministry. We will be inspired. We will laugh over differences that we used to think would divide us. We're so fortunate to have this place where we gather and we remind each other of our essential belonging, a place where we can bring our burdens together, where we can share them, where we can hear over and over again the truth that love wins, that death has lost its sting, that we are children of God, so different, so diverse, so beautiful, and one in Jesus. Yesterday, we gathered here to remember and grieve one of our own who was lost. She died in a large thunder and lightning storm a few weeks ago. She, there was no reason for that to happen. She did not expect that to happen. None of us did. And yet her life was gone, just like that, from one evening of a thunder and lightning storm. We celebrated her beautiful life. We remembered and comforted her family. We, we did all of these things as a community of faith. And it reminded me of how precious and fleeting our life is. We have no idea. We have no idea. So what are we waiting for? Imagine, if you will, that as we sit here today, there are members of the body that did not make it in, that we look down the pews and each of us holds up our hands like that theater in Williamsburg 38 years ago. They're not here. I don't have them. I don't have them. Where are they? These people are essential to us. Children of God, people who may not be like us, but will help us grow. People who one day we couldn't imagine doing life without, and they are lost and they are hurting. And just like us, their lives are tenuous. We have no idea how much time we have. If we knew deep down in our hearts, I think that we would sprint out from this place, as my brother and father did, out into the streets, into our neighborhoods, into the nearest HEB, at our kids' sports event, at our clubs, at PFLAG meetings and support groups, we would not stop until all are accounted for. May we have that courage to recognize what is missing, to embrace the new and what that will bring to us, the beauty of it, and may we follow the shepherd in finding the lost ones so we can step into our shared future of love together. Amen.